0: Welcome back, everyone. Today we have a really special guest, and I'm so happy that she could join us. So, thank you so much. Should I call you doctor? It feels weird for me to call you doctor, but technically, you're a doctor. Technically,
1: but that's okay. Dr. Ashley, but you
0: can call me Ashley. (laughs) (laughs) dr ashley she is coming to us from new york another one of my really good friends from home we did our yoga teacher training together so we've gotten all up and personal in each other's space have unleashed really personal things in a safe space with one another i've definitely cried a few times i'm sure nobody's surprised (laughs) yes we all have (laughs) for sure so Ashley, tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Sure. So I am well, my professional self, I guess I'm a pelvic floor physical therapist. I focus on helping moms like birth easier, not pee their pants when they like laugh or exercise, helping people with constipation, not like the the normal physical therapy that you think of. So it's very specialized down in the pelvis where like your bladder, uterus if you're if you have female genitalia and rectum all live. So I work on all of that stuff. But anyways, I didn't start out this way. I was really like when I was in physical therapy school, all I wanted to do was work with athletes and be an orthophysical therapist and that's where I started out. Did that for many years, about 10 years. And then I had my children and my passion shifted from ortho into like the pelvic floor world, but it's still ortho. So I love it. You know, it's not like I left ortho. It's like I merged it in with a pelvic floor. So that's, that's a little background.
0: So how long have you been doing the pelvic floor uh, physical therapy?
1: So I've been doing that since 2016.
0: Where are we now?
1: 2021.
0: Yeah. And you just (laughs) branched out on your own in what, 2019? I branched out like
1: partially on my own in 2016. Like that's when I started my practice, but I was still working part-time in ortho. So I was like that- nervous entrepreneur who just like dipped their toes in something just to see if they liked it and just kind of slowly moved into my own practice where I could really help more, more moms. And it's not just moms, but that's a huge piece of it.
2: I'm listening to you and I'm like, ballerinas would love this.
1: <laughs> I do hmm. see a lot of dancers. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Why? Well, I mean, dancers have babies too. But anyways, when it comes to like the pelvic floor, often the dancers have like an overactive pelvic floor because there's so much like tighten, 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 pull up and in, pull up and in. And they are sometimes the population, if we're not talking about childbirth, are the ones who might have like more pain issues, like pain with sex or pain with putting a tampon in or things like that. Um, Oh, yeah. Or they might have leaking issues from overactivity of the pelvic floor, or if they're, you know, getting ready for childbirth, they might seek out help just because they are very body aware types of people. And so often they're like interested in the pelvic floor and how it prepares them for birth because they are that just like population of body aware. Like I see yoga people, I say, cause it's not just teachers. It's like, you know, like these the people who start to become a lot more aware will seek me out for like birth prep stuff. If that makes sense. Oh, I know if,
0: if I have kids, I'm seeking you out girl. Like, right.
1: Cause we don't know what we don't know until we know it. So like, if you have some sense of body awareness, like you'll seek it out. Otherwise you go when there's like a problem after, or somebody tells you, doulas are awesome. And they're like my best friends. Cause I wish I had a doula <laughs> when I gave birth, but again, I didn't know what I didn't know. So what's the now difference? Like, ooh, I, well, so like doulas there for mental and physical support, like, okay. Pre birth. Cause there's prenatal and postpartum doulas. So if they're like the prenatal and some are both. And now I'm not a doula expert. So this is like, I can't really answer this so well, but they are supporting you prior to, and also educating you prior to you and helping you get ready prior to birth. And then they're actually usually there in the room with you during birth or they're there. And, or they're there postpartum to help give you more support and like really be there for you, which is amazing.
0: So for you me, you're there before,
1: during, and after I well, am, not but I'm like looking at and assessing the pelvic floor, which is okay. the group of muscles basically between your pubic bone, your sit bones and your tailbone. So that would be like, you spread your legs and it's like the muscles there that you you don't really see the muscles, but you would see the skin and the tissues, the vagina, the urethra, the anus, that kind of stuff. But it's also like, it's kind of like the, I guess you could say some people call it a hammock, but floor, right? It's like that bottom, that base that supports the bladder, the uterus, the vagina, and the anus. So I actually can take a look at them, like visually with my eyes, but I can also feel with my hands, like what's going on with these muscles? How are they working? Girl, mine are fucked up. No, don't even <laughs> say that to yourself. No, Let's just start with you. language. Would you say that to your best friend, Paige? Would yeah, uh, <laughs> I like oh, she oh, would. your pelvic okay. floor is fucked up. No, um, I'd, be I'd be like, bitch, I, I know. do My really patients horrible. say that to me all the time and I'm like, no, let's rewrite yeah. this story. All right,
2: I'll get on that train, but I've had some really terrible ballet training and have had like, I've really, I might have hip dysplasia. My mom has hip dysplasia hmm. and I have really bad rotation and it's like caused the muscles and things down there to be like kind of jacked. So I have a lot of like alignment problems and then you add that with the back training. I'm like, I know how to find my pelvic floor, but stuff's messed up down there.
0: <laughs> I don't even know so if just, I could find I my say pelvic floor. It needs to be
1: like rebalanced. I'm sure you can find it. <laughs> I know. I'm you to oh, find it. it it's down there.
0: The
2: I know training? how to find it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that is, that we can is true. We talk about
2: how to find it.
1: But what was I said? I don't even know where it was going. Sorry, I totally this interrupted was, you. I know, right? We were like, oh, ballerina. Um,
2: so you had the, you were saying that the
1: pelvic floor is the hammock of sorts underneath, right? Like that floor, that base that supports those organs. Oh, I was saying how I'm different than a doula, right. Or like, what's different. And it's, they're very, they just work. We work very closely together. So like, I'll have a doula call me up and she's like, I have a client who has prolapse. It's her second birth. She's scared of pushing her baby out because she's worried she's gonna push her bladder out when she births. I'm like, she's like, can you see her and help her? Because she's like this many weeks pregnant. And I feel like this is something that will hold her back.
0: Wait, is that, can that really happen first of all? Okay, one, what is prolapse? Two, can you really push your own bladder out of your body?
1: So pro, okay, so question one. Prolapse is when the organs like kind of descend from where they're normally resting in the pelvis. So, the bladder, the uterus, and the rectum. We can also say like the urethra and the perineum if we're getting like super specific, but the biggest ones are bladder, uterus, and rectum. So, there are stages of prolapse. There's stages one through four of prolapse. So, one is like a very low grade, minimal amount of prolapse. Now, like Research shows that like three out of four women have prolapse and vaginal childbirth is a risk factor for prolapse. I mean, I have prolapse. So so what stage would you be? I'm going to put myself at stage two from what I have seen. Yeah. But depending, even though you might have certain stages, like not everyone has the same symptoms and someone can have a stage one and have more symptoms than someone in a stage two, even though stage two is like, a greater degree of prolapse, which just means like a greater descend. So if you're looking vaginally, you can see you're not actually seeing the bladder. You're seeing the front wall of the vagina. It's hard to describe this. I'm like showing you with my hands. I can like get my pelvis out, but your listeners aren't going to see that. So if we like, imagine, (laughs) let's try to like draw a picture here in our brain. You have a vagina, which is a canal. And we'll say like, to the right of it is the bladder. So we'll just make that a circle. And then to the back of it is the rectum. So that's a nice little oval. So if you so this have- this is like a
2: cross section, like through the center. A
1: cross section, good. Sagittal, yeah, yeah cross section, yeah. Okay. front to back view. Like front to back, you're looking at the side, right? So- I'm if so with you right now. Okay. Yeah, So you too. have this picture, I'm like, there's a circle, a canal. And the, okay. So between the circle and the vagina, the canal, there is, there is fascia. It's just another connective tissue. We don't have to get into specifics, but that's between it. And there's also like the vaginal wall. It's not Does that make sense? Like there's one wall of the vagina, there's a back, there's a front wall and a back wall, we could say the vagina. So between the front wall of the vagina or next to that is that circle of the bladder, the front wall of the vagina. So if there's a cystocele, which is the bladder prolapse, then the bladder is pushing in. It's like, hey, and it's like leaning back into the front wall of the vagina. So when you're looking now like between your legs, because people would see it, Sometimes people see their own, sometimes it's not enough that they see it. But if I'm looking and I see something moving down, I'm actually seeing the front wall of the vagina. It's not like the bladder pokes a hole through the vagina and like shoots out, but you okay. see the wall of the vagina moves outward towards the opening.
0: Oh dear God. You're, I'm like, so I so don't scary, know how people give birth.
1: Not. It sounds scary when you think of it, but again, there's like degrees of it. And then again, if there was like a rectocele, like the rectum moves into the uh, back wall of the vagina. So if you're looking, you might see like, what's this extra tissue here? I'm not used to this. It's opening my vagina. It's like, well, that's your bladder just kind of, hey, like leaning into (laughs) the vagina, just like try to make it not. So I love it. leaning into the wall of the vagina now, and there's the uterus, it works its way down, like, it's own like the vaginal canal, like the cervix, uterus together,
0: because they're connected. Okay. Now question, how do you prevent this or can you reverse prolapse?
1: So it's kind of, it's said that like stages two, one and two can be reversed, not like all the way, but somewhat. Uh, stage three and four, not reversed, but symptoms managed. Stage four is really like, that's a surgical intervention, unless the person doesn't want surgery and they're like, hey, I'm just going to push it up and in, right? One of my (laughs) teachers, one of my pelvic floor teachers told us a story about a patient that had stage four, which is like the highest stage and chose, because it's always a choice. Like, it's not like I have to have Surgery. It's like I choose to because my symptoms are such. I've tried other ways of managing it. It, does, you know, it's affecting my life. Choose it. So this person yeah. chose that they didn't want surgery, and they were perfectly comfortable knowing that when they're starting to feel that sensation of like that pressure, because sometimes people feel like a downward pressure or like some things they do have that sense of like something's falling out. Like if you ever have had a tampon in for an extended amount of time and it's heavy and it's like. Mm. Like that kind of feeling, like something
0: Ugh. is there, right? Or even um, when you just have your period in general, like don't you, sorry yeah. guys, if you're listening, but don't you feel like there's just that pressure? Like it's, like you kind of I'm almost always feel. Not,
2: not, well, Paige is like,
0: always. no. I feel am very
2: lucky. I get like no symptoms other than I get a little bitchy and apparently sometimes my boobs hurt.
0: Oh yeah, my <laughs> boobs hurt too always like Mm -hmm. a week before.
2: Yeah. And then Um, my boobs feel
0: relief. And then I get pressure.
2: This makes so much sense to me, Ashley, because my grandmother had this and I don't know what, I don't know what degree she had it, but she did end up eventually getting surgery, but she's, that was Mm -hmm. maybe in the past five to 10 years, but she's had it since I was a kid. And I didn't know what it meant, but my, (laughs) my dad, so my dad's an orthopedic and he basically, I overheard him one day being like, yeah, you know, roots, bladders falling out of her, like her bladder's (laughs) falling out (laughs) until I was older. And they could explain to me what it meant. Like I straight up thought her bladder would fall out.
1: I know. And that makes it so scary. And then honestly, when people hear that, and that's what doctors tell them too, not every doctor, but that's what, (laughs) and if you Google it, like it might say that thing. And then like the falling out thing. And them being but you can in that physically... fear, like actually like makes their symptoms worse. So just like explaining it in a way that I have it too. I'm okay. Like you can manage your symptoms most of the time without surgical intervention, but not all of the time. I can't say that like nobody needs, you know, it's, it's nice to have options. There's also pessaries to help hold them, hold them. Up. I think of it like a bra. Like, I want to, when I go for a run, I'm going to put on a sports bra when, you know, like to support when I'm running or doing whatever. So there are pessaries, which are like internal badge or supports that you put
0: into your vagina to help support and hold up your
1: organs. But
0: when you, when you said that they can push it back up, like, do they do it themselves?
1: Oh yeah. With their fingers
0: that was so just like, that
1: one example of somebody with like stage 4.
0: <laughs> so like usually if somebody has a
1: stage 1 or 2 they don't need to push it back up. Cuz it's not just about the support from below like for and also the support from below is not just muscle it's also it's muscle fascia skin okay um, everything down there but it's also about managing pressure from above. Right? So if you think of a boat in water and it's docked, right? So it's tied up to a dock. And the water, the boat is like a pelvic floor organ, okay. And the dock are your pelvic bones, okay. And the the ropes going from the boat to the dock are your like ligaments, okay. Or or we can even say some fascia, which also helps support the organs. Uh, and the bottom, the water is pelvic floor muscles so if we just worked on strengthening the pelvic floor muscles we can get to a certain amount of support for the boat right but what if it's like a boat where like 500 people try to get on for a party and the boat's just going to sink like no amount from below is going to be holding up 500 people from above Boat, no gotta like take some of those people off the boat help it no matter
0: how much you strengthen
1: Right. So it's more than just strengthening Okay. when we're talking about prolapse. So the pressure from above, you know, the people on the boat pressure from above for your pelvis could be your breath. Okay. Imagine you hold your breath and you bear down, like you're trying to like poop out a grapefruit. I don't know. Right. So imagine (laughs) you do that. You're putting a lot of pressure down. (laughs) You could imagine
2: that, right? Poop out a whole grapefruit. I mean, it's uh, like, I mean, it makes me think right? of
0: the movie, The Sweetest Thing, when she's in the bathroom. Well, the, you guys have seen The Sweetest Thing. Well, Paige, I think I just had you watch it with me, with Christina Applegate and Cameron Diaz. Yes. Yes. So remember the scene where they go to the the gas station and there's like a girl in the bathroom and she's like, I'm shitting out a Buick. That's what I think of. <laughs> so right,
1: there you go. You're shitting out a Buick. <laughs> but you're holding your breath. Like you're putting a lot of pressure down.
2: I do that like every time I poop.
1: Okay. so Not that everybody
2: needs to know that, but you said you deal with constipation. I'm like, that's me.
1: That was me. Like, I can't tell you, like I was a pelvic floor therapist's dream as a child. I like suffered from constipation as a kid. I had pain with sex. I had like, I know my husband's like, what? (laughs) Like, Yeah. I'm over it now, but like <laughs> this was <one's> like <laughs> this was an issue for me. I just I had urgency. I peed like four times before going to bed. I woke up every like hour at night I, to pee. Even though I wasn't I have a full bladder, that's just I would get these urges. Like I had an overactive pelvic floor without even knowing it until I went and learned after I had kids <laughs> how I birthed up, you know, two
0: kids naturally, like vaginally without meds. Like I don't, I don't Jesus know. Christ. So speaking, speaking of know. birth, like, how do you, how do you prepare? How can you prepare your clients? Cause I know you have a lot of moms that come. So how mm-hmm. do you, or about to be mamas to be, how do yeah. you prepare them for a ch- like a no drug birth and mm-hmm. like other than like Lamaze class, you know? Right.
1: Oh, there's so much. Like, so going back, I'm just going to circle back because I feel like I didn't finish that one story with that, where the doula referred that one patient to me with the prolapse, because you're asking about birth and she was coming for birth. So for this one particular patient, she had a strong fear that she was going to be pushing out her bladder during birth. So I assessed her pelvic floor. I had her practice how to open her pelvic floor so she could tell the difference between opening, which you have to do for birth and like Kegeling and tightening, which you do if you like don't wanna fart or don't wanna pee your pants. Well, sometimes if you don't wanna pee your pants, but that kind of a thing, right? So to show her the difference, have her do it had her do it with different breathing strategies to see what would be the least pressure for her and her bladder. And I also okay. had her do this in like four different positions to see what position for her kept her bladder in the best position. And like for her, it was sideline. We tried it like on her back, which is not like the best position for birthing. We tried it on her side, on her hands and knees. And for her sideline was the best. So, you know, I got to call her doula and say, Hey, like this is the best for her. Cause she wanted to know how could she then support her during the
0: process.
1: And then what I also did for this particular patient was helped her open up her, like but just like make more space in the pelvis and the hips so that she had more room for baby to be head down, but also for her to like open for birth, like open the the outlet of the pelvis, right? Between the sit bones and the tailbone, I gave her different exercises to do, different breathing strategies to do. That was just like a small piece of it. Like, so that's one part.
0: Well, you said that, birthing on your back is like not it's not it's the best not a, but, it's and then why ideal. is that how
1: we do it well it was it was mostly because it was easier for the doctors
0: fuck this this is the shit that pisses me <laughs> off
1: right <laughs> especially once like epidurals and like medications and like started to show up it's more like I don't want to say natural but like I guess, innate or um, I can't think of the word. So just like instinctual? Shout it Instinctual? Kind of instinctual or like, I you know, here I am. My brain is, whatever, it'll come to me. To birth in like more of a squatting, hands and knees type of position. That's how I First of all, like gravity is on your side, right? Yeah. So did you and do it also
0: Did you like get on all fours? Like were you in cat cow yeah. and- I wish.
1: So I didn't know anything for my first, that's not true that I didn't know anything. I took a really great birth prep classes, but they didn't prepare me that way. They like taught me about the stages of labor, how to know when to call your doctor, like this is what's going to be going on, but not a lot of like, when you're in the moment, what do you do? What are you, you know, like, how do you open your pelvic floor? How do you breathe? So you're not going to like pop a blood vessel in your eye. Like, Ugh. you know, oh. well, because right. Like a lot of breath holding, you think about people on a toilet when they hold their breath to poop and they like stroke <laughs> out, like, oh my God, let's manage our Gosh. pressure in our system. I, I don't, don't stroke out. No, I'm kidding. But for some older people, <laughs> they have strokes on the toilet.
2: Yeah.
1: Oh, Think i don't
2: know if
1: you've elvis heard of that style.
2: elvis Wait, style didn't Did elvis he stroke out on the toilet? toilet i should know that i think he like i don't know if he actually had a stroke but he died on the toilet i'm to. learning oh.
1: so Maybe. much today
2: but um Gosh. no My i squatty potty because i was told i used a squatty potty because i was told that it's supposed to be more natural for your body yeah yes. it
1: helps put your pelvis and hips and in a better alignment so that your pelvic floor is in a more lengthened position and your rectum mm. is in a more in a better position for
0: the stool to come out. Ashley has um, squatty potty tutorials on her Instagram. If I have squatty
1: potties in every bathroom. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know if
2: mine's a good one or not, but it's made of bamboo. So I thought it looked classy.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs>
1: mine is not that classy. Mine's like the white plastic original. Those maybe ones. I'll upgrade. Maybe I'll upgrade to um gonna. I don't know if it works as well. Why? It's it might just, be
2: the shape of mine is like almost too wide, and so it's like my feet feel like awkward on You out- could like, just like, use I-
1: yoga blocks.
2: Yeah, Ooh. I'd have to buy some yoga blocks, but that's not. I a had a idea. patient
1: who she used a like a suitcase. She's like, I um, just have a suitcase by straight, my back. and
2: I rolled it over, and put my foot on it, straight up. You it's guys. Like, that's i awesome. usually use just toilet paper rolls because i get like could do money. that i just use that but then when i'm out of toilet paper i'm like what do i use yeah that's just i don't have to,
0: have go to, go to, to the be store. the squatting just body. pull my feet up onto the toilet like this
1: that's <laughs> great they do that in do they do that in um in china or in i think right? they kind that. of squat or they'll put their feet up on this the, the, the toilet seat i don't know if it's yeah. china like i don't want to like disrespect anybody but feet up on the toilet seat and squat
0: i don't I mean squat think about I'm physically sitting and then i just pull my feet yeah, up
1: my feet don't right because do you have that flexibility not everyone does
0: <laughs> that, I is, don't have that, that is true not
1: everyone's a yoga teacher
0: <laughs> that has but, open um, hips <laughs> right i mean i could probably that do that too my
2: hip flexors like stop me it's like i have the external rotation to get there but then it's just like then they they don't go anymore Right. That's like our friend, right. Chris. So the squatty potty is better She for wouldn't be
0: able to do that either. You know, Chris, right. Chris, her hips. Oh so. yeah. <laughs>
1: you would have to go to like Sunday morning alignment class and then <laughs> sit
0: down on the toilet. It's um true. So, so that's, where were so that's, we? What, there's, we yeah. were talking about like uh, ways what to, do pre- you do to prepare press? for birth? There's so much. Yeah. I mean,
1: so part of it is just like teaching people how to be aware of what's going on down there. How many of okay. us even know, like, that we pee out of our urethra and not our vagina? I
0: mean, I but know everyone that. everyone
1: knows that.
2: I know that. If you don't know, I'm like, I, I'm, you look, guys, that's crazy to me.
0: People don't realize there's three holes down there? They think not that. Not everybody knows that. Really? Okay, but most of my patients do. Well, thank God. Yeah, uh,
1: but not, <laughs> I mean, my kids didn't until I told them you know, but they're only, <laughs> well, you know I what, I guess I didn't
0: know until my mom told me to, and I think it was it when looked- I got my period, and she, she literally handed me a box of tampons, she's like, there's instructions in the box.
1: Yeah, but <laughs> even then, it's like, okay, I know I'm putting this in there, but, like, where is that other hole, like, they say there's another, you know, like, it's, not everyone understands, or not, not everyone also knows about, all the muscles down there. I don't get super specific to my patients because it's not necessary, but no. to understand that the pelvic floor is not just one muscle. It's not like, well, first of all, like the quad is four muscles, but it's not just one muscle. It's a group of muscles and there's three layers and each layer has a group of muscles. So just to get a little idea of like that, and there's like, there's three holes for, you know, people with female genitalia, right? Right. This is where the bladder is, it's right behind your pubic bone. This is where the vagina is. The, re- the rectum's in the back, right by your like sacrum or your low back. So, when you're constipated or you have to poop, you might have low back pain and not realize that it's because you, oh. have to poop. you know, like just I like get a low back pain it, all the time. I mean, it might not be because you have to poop, but you are constipated, <laughs> it could be related, but probably but it, it could also be like sometimes low back like patients like ortho right like i used to do ortho sometimes you're like why aren't you getting better and sometimes it's a pelvic floor thing oh, that hasn't okay. been addressed cuz orthos don't always want to like go there i know i, I didn't want to go there now i'm there all the time but yeah they're so closely related cuz the spine connects to the sacrum to the pelvis
0: so what would be oh, some the of the, what would be some of the techniques that, cause you don't, we don't have time to clearly to go through all of them, but like your favorite techniques for like preparing for birth, like, would it be the controlling of. Okay. The so I didn't get
1: through, I didn't get to go through all the things. So first you got to be aware <laughs> of that part of your body, right? Like okay. if you don't know what's going on, if you don't know anything about it, like it's hard to use. You can see your bicep, you know how to do it, right? Yeah. Okay. Awareness is step one. And then what I teach patients or even in my birth prep class below the bump, coordination, like how do you contract your pelvic floor muscles or do a Kegel correctly? And how do you relax it and let it go? And then even bulge, like lengthen what you have to do for pooping. And then how can you coordinate that with your breath? Because your diaphragm is a muscle underneath your like at the bottom of the rib cage right it's a it's a dome and when you inhale that dome kind of flattens or lowers and that movement actually can create a lengthening or a lowering of the pelvic floor they can kind of move together you might you may or may not feel it if you're sitting you might feel it or if you even put your hand there between your legs you take a nice deep breath in you might feel like a little bulging or opening or something down below. And when you exhale, you might feel it come back to where it was. So uh, teaching.
0: So breath would be be step
1: two. Breath, but like coordination of the breath with the pelvic floor so that they get that awareness of what's going on. So how to breathe to contract and tighten your pelvic floor is good for pregnancy to support your organs, but breathing and opening. And making space in your pelvis is a different strategy for birthing and pooping. So understanding the difference between the two. So you
0: that makes sense. When because you, you don't want to be like pooping. Well, I know a lot of people poop when they give birth, but you're basically yeah, saying it's a different process.
1: No, pooping and birthing is similar, but I'm talking about Kegeling. So tightening okay. your pelvic floor when you use your breath is different than lengthening and opening your pelvic floor with your breath tighten open does that make sense
0: i guess but i, I don't the know how to opening,
1: do it the opening is like you're pooping okay or birthing the tightening is like i don't want to pee or poop i don't want to right so like you squeeze your okay, abs, yes you, that you close sense. your urethra and vagina and you pull in i like to think of so here i like to think of a The Kegel or the tightening part, like if you're drinking a milkshake and you have a straw for your vagina and for your anus, it's like a really thick milkshake. And so you have to close around the straws. So your anus has to close and your vagina has to close around the straw. And then you want to suck the thick milkshake through the straw, through both of them.
0: Oh shit, okay.
1: So that's the Kegel, that's the tightening. And then the reverse you can't do that in poop, right? Because you're tightening
0: it. You're closing it. Right? I feel like if you're pooping, you're releasing, but I don't know. Correct. I'm, learning. I'm saying
1: you can't tighten and poop, right? You oh, have to yes, release. yes, yes. yes. You can't do the tightening part. You have to open. Correct. So to poop, you have to learn how to open and release and let go so the stool can come out. Am I confusing you? Do I need to bring it back? No, I with was you. just,
0: I was just talking on mute, like an idiot. So basically you have to, you know, learn how to just let it go and relax. Like, do you think that a yeah. lot of people that are constipated, it's because they don't know how to relax?
1: So constipation could be from partially from that, but it also is like the consistency of your stool like it's hard to poop out rocks, but it's easier to poop out like. I just have hard stool. Soft, right?
0: Um, oh my God, I'm dead. Nice this is so funny. Whatever. What's that? Just that punch is like, I've got hard stool. Oh my God. I've like got you. I block toilets the-
2: like it's going out of style. It's frightening. My doctors so, have been trying to get me to work
1: on this since I was a child. Yeah, so part of it is diet, right? Like if your yeah. stool is hard, what are you eating and drinking? So that was my issue as a kid was I would like cry on the toilet trying to poop and my parents were like, eat this fiber wafer. I'm like, it's not helping. Um, Probably part of the reason I have prolapse is it started with constipation um, (laughs) as a kid. But like when I, that's like part of the reason I'm gluten-free is because it affected my gut and going gluten-free changed my stool. So... Ringo, then, really? <laughs> but so it's not just gluten free for everyone. It might be adding fiber. It might be adding more water. Like it's so, not I I'm cutting so out. Many things.
2: I'm not hydrated enough for sure. Um, but then I also seem to need to cut out like beans and legumes. Seem to really mm. poorly interact with me and my digestive mm-hmm. system. I also notice a difference when I eat gluten free. Mm-hmm. I see a big difference. So I need to like drink more water, eat less gluten, eat fewer
1: beans. Yeah. I mean, there's so many things that think about. Like I'm over here like
0: I poop twice a day. I don't, I don't.
1: I know. know. Now I'm like the, I'm like twice a day. If I poop every other day, it's a good week. I poop
2: like once every three or four days.
1: Yeah. So I would recommend if you haven't sought out a pelvic floor physical therapist, that would be a great place to start, like going to see one in Colorado. I'm sure there's somebody awesome out there and they can kind of help see what's going on, you know, for that. So in terms of diet, it's not just that it could also be mobility issues for people. Like they they're more sedentary. It's not, I'm not saying you, but like being sedentary, you know, it's hard. The stool might not be moving around. So I know like sometimes I don't want to like rat out my husband, but he'd be like jump around, you know, like maybe to a kid or whatever, like for himself. Maybe I just need to go for a run and get a poop out, you know. I don't think. Sorry, it's just so funny that you're like you're like I don't want to rat him out, but but I'm gonna, and nobody say anything. No, so. Anyways, going back to the birthing, so we've got step one awareness, step two, coordination of like your breath with the pelvic floor, understanding the difference between tightening it and releasing it and opening. And step three is like just having more movement into your life, your day, whatever, to really specifically open up your pelvis and hips and make space for your baby to be like head down and also to be able to make more space for
0: baby to then come out of vagina. So. Could you do like some yoga moves for that?
1: Yeah, I love yoga. So like in my birth prep program, I have yoga inspired specific, like pelvic and hip mobility moves. But as long as the yoga class you're taking isn't just, and most prenatal yogas are probably pretty good with this, are not just focusing on tighten, tighten, tighten the pelvic floor. Because I hear from patients, they're like, I did prenatal exercise or prenatal yoga and we talked about like lifting it and supporting it and kegling. and I'm like did you you didn't like talk about the other part of it like that would be saying like just tighten your bicep and do this and shorten and shorten but never like lengthen and straighten your elbow and just work on the bending do you know what I'm saying
0: yeah um, that's I, I like in my so head I'm like as your how class can you do that
1: uh, is doing both so if you think of I don't know if your listeners like no yoga moves but like you think malasana like a deep squat so if you that's what i was thinking it can help open but it and it opens your hips and your pelvis and everything as long as when you're doing that you're also breathing and you're like thinking about opening and releasing versus like tightening it up because you can be in a malasana and like try to hold back gas and yeah and give support but you can also be there and mindfully like do the opposite depending on
0: do you think that a lot of people like subconsciously tighten because they're like if they're oh. squatting like that they don't they're thinking oh my god my baby's gonna come out uh,
1: so that was me with baby number two okay <laughs> i i thought my kids are 16 months apart not on purpose it just happened that way i don't know how but it happened that Aww. way <laughs> just kidding maybe there was like a snowstorm no um <laughs> so just kidding um I thought she was gonna fall out of my vagina any second like my entire pregnancy but Aww. I didn't know any better I was like she's coming out but it was just Ugh, like I hadn't so scared I hadn't kids. retrained I hadn't retrained my pelvic floor between baby one and baby two and if I had so I feel like every mom needs to give themselves like the gift of seeing a pelvic floor therapist at least one time postpartum It should be more. But even if you don't go prenatal, go postpartum because you just, vaginal or C-section, I don't care what method of delivery you have, it's still beneficial because through pregnancy, your body is going through such a huge transformation. Think about the demands that are on your pelvic floor during pregnancy because you're carrying so much more weight. Like you have to support it, right? just such a huge transformation in your life that I feel like every mom should give that gift to themselves of seeing a pelvic floor therapist, like I said, at least one time postpartum so that you can learn what you can do now to start rehabbing and getting stronger. I mean, your pelvic floor muscles during a vaginal birth stretch like three times their size. What other part of your body does that? But it's a mirror, it like comes back, don't freak out.
0: Girl, please. I can't.
1: Girl, please. <laughs> or if you have a C-section, like, you I'm just like, surgery. I don't have to worry
0: about this. I'm not having kids. Like she, like, she's like adamant about it. I'm straight up
2: like
1: we're not building a case for
2: I why wanna, I should like,
1: I know. I'm not. I'm sorry. I don't want to scare people, but I want you to have the awareness of like, don't, I don't want you to be like unaware Unprepared. that your yeah. body changes so that like, 30 years postpartum you're like but why like no you're the, like, you're you the go... girl walking
0: around like tucking in your bladder with your
1: yeah you're the yeah <laughs> versus like hey I learned about this right after having a baby and I got to work on all these things to like feel strong again you know like because you can yeah. it's not like impossible
0: so you would say awareness no. breath, awareness
1: coordination I say coordination but it is it's like breath with the Kegel. So I kind
0: of so inter, put together okay.
1: that. And then movement, like get your body open and whatever. And So then, like
0: basically every pregnant lady out there should be in Malasana for a few minutes a day prepping this. Well,
1: that's one. No, not every, actually not everyone
0: because okay.
1: there would be an instance with someone who has, so if someone has prolapse, maybe they don't like that position and they would want to do it laying okay. on their back with their feet on the wall. I mean, that's- okay. Like that's a feel safer position. And some people or like are scared a happy of laying on their back. Yeah, and happy baby is a good one. Okay. But even like think of warrior two or extended side angle, like you're open. You're in a, right? In a different, this is like a like lunge. There's so many different poses. And again, like some, like I said, laying on your back with your feet on the wall, like in a deep squat on the wall, people get scared of laying on their back, but it's actually quite safe as long as you're not having- like symptoms of like increased heart rate and sweating and stuff like that. Like if you can breathe oh, and you feel calm, then you're fine. I laid on my back the whole pregnancy. I was fine.
0: Okay. It's not so then what would be it's next? Just a
1: stereotypical thing or a generalized thing, I should say. So then the next step is some mindset stuff. I like kind of put it all together. Like in my in my program I I term it all as one thing. So Mindset includes things like understanding how like you feel pain because labor contractions, pushing your baby out, you know, like there are sensations that for some people are painful. I've heard of people who have like a pain-free, I didn't feel anything kind of a birth, but there are people who,
0: <laughs> so the listeners can hear right. I can't, I can't fathom that. (laughs) Really? People have pain? There are people
1: who have like pain-free, and it's so amazing to actually read those stories of people. Do you think it's all in their mind? So, so pain a hundred percent of the time is from our mind, from our head, from our brain. Because it's a, it's a response from our brain. It's like a protective response to keep us safe, so, we don't have pain receptors on like our fingers or our vagina or our toes or anywhere. We have receptors to like temperature, stretch, pressure, chemical changes. So, you put your hand on a hot stove and your hand senses the temperature change. And at a certain temperature, it's like, oh shit, this is like higher than, you know, this could be dangerous. Let's send a signal to our brain. And our brain is like, okay, that's really hot. Last time she touched something hot, she got a burn. Or like, look at that flame and it's hot. Ding, ding, ding. Let's make this hurt so she moves her hand. Like, right? So it's there to protect us. It always comes from our brain.
0: It's like PTSD, but in a different way. Kind of like when I go to the dentist and because I had a tooth pulled, Mm. I mean, just opening my mouth when I'm there, I'm like, ow, you know. Just
1: the thought of something can give you pain. I mean, physical and mental pain are like the same. They're all pain.
0: That's so crazy. Sorry. I'm like so fascinated by this.
1: So like the more your brain is scared of something or fearful or worried about something, you're going to have a higher pain response typically.
0: So like if I'm sitting here worried about giving birth for the whole 10 months I'm pregnant, I'm going to have like a really painful
1: Yeah. But if you set yourself, so if you think that birth is like it is in the movies where they're like screaming bloody murder and like the doctor dictates everything. And like, it's just like this ridiculous, chaotic, whatever, like you're already creating that reality for yourself. You're already setting yourself up for that. (laughs) It doesn't have to be like that. It is like that for some people. Right. This is so crazy. But uh, think about getting a shot or maybe it's just me. So I was like deathly afraid of getting shots when I was a kid. I would psych myself out so bad. I remember going for allergy Mm -hmm. shots where they do these like tiny little pricks on your back and they probably don't hurt at all, but I thought I was gonna die. So I was like screaming and crying, just like getting from the car to the um, office. And it was my brother and I and my parents were taking us. I don't know how they dealt with me as a kid. I was like a disaster, but- I'm working Damn. on myself, guys. <laughs> and <it's> like <laughs> yoga training, like started my own like journey on working on myself. But anyway, mm-hmm. so I was definitely afraid of like these needles and getting shots. And they're supposed to be these teeny little pricks, like ding, ding, no big deal. But I psyched myself up uh, so bad that it hurt me so bad that I was like drooling into the pill. Like, I don't think this doctor's office could reuse this pillow. Like, I know it had like covers on it, but I was like, crying and drooling and screaming. sobbing
0: that was like me every and time I, I had to get I a, set myself a throat up for culture that. like I would I would run around the doctor's office Poughkeepsie Children's Medical Group ran around that thing there's like a there's a loop girlfriend I was like nope you're not sticking that down like I would get strep throat like every turns out I'm mm. allergic to dairy but I would get strep throat like almost every other month so I would always have to go and I would, I would cry hysterically and psych myself up and my brothers would make fun of me and they're like, it's not that bad. Like, like, but yeah. now it makes so sense. I hate that code. test.
2: Yeah. It's like low <laughs> so, key how I feel about getting a COVID test.
0: Yeah. Like I
1: haven't had that yet, but it's I so haven't, but I'm very
0: afraid of it. Same punch. There's just the thought. Mm-mm. So, so I guess the, the key is when you're pregnant to just like. It's gonna be great. My body is made for this. It's a all miracle. the mindful,
1: yeah. So if you understand how pain works, that's a part of it. If you understand how your your hormones affect like your parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous system, and how that then also helps you or doesn't help you with birthing, that's important. And part of that is like also in the mind because. I can get into deeper stuff, but I'm not going to. But like, so meditation, that's why like hypnobirthing is so popular because it is like such a mindset thing. It works on your, at a subconscious level. And there's just so many different strategies, but diving a little bit deeper into that, like that mindset piece of it.
0: So it really brings all of the things together. Yeah, Like
1: even recognizing like, what am I scared of? Like, what am I worried about? why do I even have these beliefs about what I'm scared about? Like and like recognizing and understanding like where it comes from, because if you're not aware of it, then it's just going to show up.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But if you bring it to the surface and you can work through it, then it, you know, you, it won't really necessarily. Yeah. And if
0: you're more prepared, way, like going know? to, you know, just like you said, like getting a doula coming to you, you know, preparing in a, in a sensible way, it's going to help. Yeah. It's just going to help the yeah. whole process.
1: For sure. And That's then so like, I, then my last part that I feel like is really important is like learning that. Cause I just started kind of getting into the world of like manifestation and like your thoughts create your reality and like a little bit of like the law of attraction and stuff. And I was like, you know, like if you're holding on to a bunch of junk in your, your mind, like you're not even in a state where you can like receive what you want for your birth. Cause you're like holding on, on to all this other stuff, right? Like maybe negative thoughts or like limiting beliefs about what you think a birth would be like, or just different things, if that makes sense. Um,
0: it does. And I feel like you like can on just a apply level. that to, to regular life too. Oh, a hundred
1: percent, a hundred percent.
0: Paige so and pain. I are really into that, like manifestation and envisioning. Yeah,
1: yeah. And- yeah, right. Like, so the universe doesn't necessarily understand what you don't want and what you want. Like, it's just what you state. So if your attention is on what you don't want, you're actually creating that into your reality. Like, I don't want to tear. I don't want it to be painful. I don't want, but the universe is hearing pain, tear, like whatever. <laughs> like what about, do you know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't hear that I don't. So if I, I can, you know, birth with ease and like, you know, My so that more affirmations, positive. that
2: might be right. Like positive yeah. affirmation.
1: Yeah. 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 That's a piece of it or meditation. And I think that would be even maybe a piece of the hypno therapy stuff. So, I so this. much that moms could be doing. And like, I think I took you on like a whole journey. Like, journey from like right awareness and like the physical vagina stuff to like okay it actually dives a little deeper and they all intersect like you can't I always tell people you can't separate like the mental from the physical it's all together one affects the other the other affects that so
0: don't just work on
1: one work on all of it
0: so now that we have prepa- prepared for birth, we've gone through the birthing process, they come back to you because now mm-hmm. they're prolapse stage two or three. No, don't
1: say that. <laughs> they're not prolapse stage three. No, some not everybody has prolapse after after birth. Okay. It's just so, a risk factor. It is like one of the risk factors.
0: So know. do you they come back to you like, for like Kegels? like (laughs) so
1: they come back to just like let's assess where you're at because you'd think that postpartum everyone needs kegels but sometimes postpartum people are actually like the pelvic floor is becomes overactive and it becomes painful or uncomfortable like think about someone who tore like I had an episiotomy and tore with my first one and my recovery for my first one was really long and challenging and I didn't even though I was in the physical therapy world, I didn't even at that point understand the benefit from of a pelvic floor physical therapist. So I didn't seek one out because I didn't even know. I'm just sat there on ice, and like crying, and having, not knowing what to do. So like my oh mission my is to help moms realize like there's so much help that you can get. And if a doctor is like, oh, it'll get better, but you intuitively feel like, no, something's not right. And I want another opinion, like, seek out a pelvic floor physical therapist because a lot yeah, of Yeah I'm kind of surprised kind of...
2: that I've never heard of that type of physical therapist before but yeah. it makes so much sense that it would exist.
1: Yeah so some of it is teaching Kegel some of it is like posture postpartum because during pregnancy your alignment and posture changes just because your center of gravity is different you're going to hold yourself differently so like relearning how to hold yourself in your new body kind of right so it's it's like core and pelvic floor but it's also again posture it's again also like again relearning your pelvic floor uh, your core like strengthening your belly muscles working on your breathing strategies because again during pregnancy your rib cage is usually more flared to make space for the baby within your middle midsection abdomen and the diaphragm maybe didn't couldn't move as as much during pregnancy at least in like the later uh weeks of pregnancy because there just wasn't as much space so like relearning breath how do you even like connect your breath to your pelvic floor again because like it changed you know and again some people if they're having pain how can we relearn how to let go of these muscles if that's what you need it's very it's it's all different, kind of.
0: So, not cookie cutter. Need.
1: It's not cookie cutter. Everybody comes in with a different story, you know? And so, it's really important to hear their story. And everyone has different goals of what they want to do. Like, some of them are like, I just want to. So, some of them might be, let's see, some of them might have prolapse. So, they're like, I'm feeling some pressure. Some might be leaking urine. Some might say, everything's feeling pretty good, but I just want to safely return to exercise specifically like running, you know, like how do I run safely and make sure I'm like supporting my pelvic floor when I run. So I don't develop symptoms down the road. Some of them might have like, I don't know if I said this already, like the pain from episiotomies or even like a C-section scar, getting it moving again, things like that.
0: So you see people that have C-sections too, not just vaginal births. Oh yeah, hundred percent. That's good. That really is. We actually you answered like a lot of my questions without me having to like a- ask them, which is kind of cool. But we were talking about the the episiotomy, apesio- like the tearing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you like so? I guess like a, a big question a lot of people have is: is that ever going to be the same? Like, is, does your vagina ever return back to normal after birth? Like, let's just call a spade a spade.
1: So. A postpartum vagina. So somebody who's given birth vaginally, their vagina is going to, it's not going to be like the same because it did stretch so much, but it could be better. Like it could even okay. be better than before. I, I feel like it. My vagina doesn't look the same. I didn't really look at it a lot before because I wasn't a more therapist. <laughs> now I'm like, Mah! Let me just look at that. Ashley's Ash got the mirror. Yeah, pretty much. I'm just like, let me like bend over here and look at what's going on. <laughs> and so things might like look different, but like, I have to say like, I don't know, things could be better. Like sex could be better. Like it could okay. be that you had pain before, like, right. And then sex is better after. Like, so it's not that like, I when you say, is it the same? Like, no, it's not the same. Like it okay. went through a bit, you know. But does that mean that it's not normal? I don't even know what normal is, right? What's normal? I pride I myself on normal. Is unnormal a word? Abnormal, weird, different, Abnormal. unique, off, Auth- You know, it, it might be different, but it could be perfectly functional, beautiful, okay. like good sensation. But there are things that could happen. Like, I don't want to like sugarcoat it and be like, But, like, uh, going skiing, like, there's things that could happen. Like, what if you fall and hurt yourself? Like, what, you know, like, does that mean you're not going to ever do it?
0: But basically, you're saying vagina (laughs) 2.0 could be be the better, it could be a a revamped badge. Sure, why not? I like that. If you're
1: just, like, scared of giving birth because your vagina is going to be different.
0: I'm just scared of giving birth, period. It, it's me. I want to have kids so badly, but I'm also terrified. Yeah, but what are you scared of? All the things, like everything I mean, I just we just talked enough. about. Yeah. But
1: I've had two kids, and sex is oh, amazing. Oh, I should, I'm like, I should know that. I can say that, right? <laughs> this is like, I've, I'm like in the prime of my sex life, like way better than it's ever been.
0: Oh, okay, good. I've had good. two kids
1: vaginally I'm not peeing my pants I still run yeah like I can cough and laugh as much as I want and I won't pee my pants I don't feel pelvic pressure I know I have some prolapse so maybe I have to like when I'm like putting a tampon in or something maybe I have to like change my angle up a little bit because it's not as comfortable this way it's better that way maybe doesn't stand as well but it's like good enough and I know what to like do but I'm also I think less scared because i'm so in the know sometimes people get more scared when they're in the know but i've worked really hard on like not letting the things that are happening to my body like scare me because what's the point of like worrying and first of all what's the point of worrying about an uncreated future that you don't even know is going to exist like why have you have you met me Duh. you know that's what worry is right like it's you <laughs> thinking about the future of an uncreated like reality that doesn't even exist right now
0: right and I talk about that all the time it's I like, try to we... tell
1: myself that when like my husband hasn't texted me and I'm like where are you <laughs>
0: like I think- yeah like I just, mean we were just I was just gonna say we we talk about living in the present all the time and like being present mm-hmm. and really being present because and that's part for of me, prep,
1: being present
0: Sorry. yeah and for me yeah. it's no it's it's you know it brings it back but for me it's like I have a hard time staying present because I'm always thinking and like I should this is like my, I always talk about my dad on this podcast for some reason. And Mm -hmm. he talks about how, like, he gives me all this advice and stuff. And another one of his, you know, he's like, there are no what ifs in life, Allison. There, there is what is, and there is what is not. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I always live in the, the what is, or the what if, instead Mm -hmm. of the what is. Yeah. And it sucks with me.
1: I love that because the what ifs is what, scares the shit out of people. But then if you think, well, what if that happens? I was just listening to a podcast the Jim Fortin podcast. And he was talking mm-hmm. about like how he was working on knowing that, like, okay, so what if this happens? Like he was in the hospital for something and like, what if, what if I let's go, let's go there. Like, what if I die? I'll ah. still be okay. He was like, That's true. I'll still be fine. So he was like, I'm learning of living from the the place of no matter what happens,
0: I'll still be fine. I need to find this. I need to listen to this now.
1: So amazing. But like, it is the anxiety, the worry, the everything like that is in, and that's in our subconscious. Like that's coming from our sub. We don't even consciously be like, I think I'm going to be scared today. like, think i'm going to live in fear of blah 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 no like it's ingrained in our subconscious and that has like come from what we learned as a child up until like the age of 7 is what they say like right that I'm helps like, shape subconscious your subconscious yeah exactly right and so a lot of the times we have these like beliefs but we don't even we're not even aware of them. We don't even recognize them. We have these thoughts that happen during our days, but we don't even like notice them. And like,
0: it's true. It's
1: just like, you know,
0: it's important for our daily life.
1: If that's something that's happening, it's good to recognize because, you know, not that, you know, for birth, if you are planning on having children, how is that gonna then, if it's happening in your life now, like, on a daily basis, it's something that you're going to want to work on also to help you with birth. Right. Cause you don't want to have okay. that, like slow down your labor progression and be like, I was in labor for three days, you know, like how can you shorten it? Like, what do you need to do? Some of it is, you know, subconscious, like you said, the, the reprogramming. So,
2: yeah, that's
1: cool. Yeah. I know
2: you're making me actually feel less stressed about birth but I still don't want my own kids. <laughs>
0: <I'm> like, <laughs> so that's,
2: like, i like, I feel a little less stressed about that than I thought I would,
1: but. Yeah, that's a whole nother reason to not. I mean, if you don't want to have kids, then that's fine. You don't have to have kids, right? You're not all, that's a perfectly good reason to just say like, I don't want to, right? Yeah, oh, No yeah, explanation. For sure.
2: Yeah, the birth was definitely. Me, but I'm, I'm glad like, you feel
0: a little bit less stressed than Alex in a I have like a face I mask on. And I'm like peeling it off kids. my face. 20 kids. <laughs> but no How birth. How can
1: I make this happen?
0: You're not. We had that talk
1: before you started recording, I think. You're not.
0: <laughs> no. geez Louise. I not can't. Not sure if
1: you've revealed your age to your listeners yet.
0: <laughs> Listen, guys, it's a big year for me. It's my 35th year so geriatric pregnancy here I come oh my gosh they do
1: call it that I hate that term
0: my doctor was like why can't they call it the mature does (laughs) does that sound good I don't know I just know that he looks at my uterus and he says oh what a beautiful uterus you're fine He's like, However. I
1: love your doctor for saying that to <laughs>
0: you. <laughs> he's great. Dr. Murphy, he's at Mid Hudson Medical Group. There's two Dr. Murphys, so be careful. Get the younger one. He's really cute, too, which is, and I'm like, I know a lot of females are weird about their gynecologist being men. I prefer mm-hmm. it because they're not mm-hmm. judgmental. Like, they're like, how many sexual partners have you had? And, you know, if you say five, sometimes the woman looks at you like, you're a whore. You know what I mean? <laughs> <So> <laughs> but the man, they don't look at you like that. They don't judge you. They're, they're so not judging. I
2: don't think I've ever had how many partners I've had like in my what? life. What? Really? I don't know if
0: mine has either,
2: but I also have no a bad memory. See? Maybe he likes you, Allo. Maybe he was trying to figure out if he should take you on a date. And then
0: he no, was like, "Okay, that's too he's, many. He's married. <laughs> but I, I will say my female doctor that I had before him... She always used to ask me, so do you have any new sexual partners this year? Really, Dr. Madoff? You know, come on. It's none of your business. (laughs) I mean, it kind of is. It kind of is.
1: But I'm just
0: just saying that. Maybe they
1: just have to document it. Maybe it's just like a question on there yeah, but
0: form. he doesn't make me feel bad about it and he tells me my uterus is beautiful and he's like you're gonna have no problem giving birth he's like however i will tell you technically you're in the geriatric pregnancy group and i'm like you have yeah. got to be kidding me with this yeah so it, it, yeah. it makes people like me feel like you know punch is, punch is much younger than me but she doesn't want to mm-hmm. have kids so she's not worried about it not like that and, much younger than you i mean six years is six or seven years six years that's That's a good chunk of change girl (laughs) I mean you're not
1: you haven't crossed over into the geriatric correct age yet so true (laughs) yeah I mean I don't like that term only because of what people take it to mean yes and then you because like right it's just a word yeah right words are what we we make of it so yeah I mean I had a patient come to me and she was like I had a jury she had a c-section and She was having a lot of pain at her C-section scar. And so we were working on it. And one of the things she said was like, what her doctor said to her, I think set her up for pain. So like language matters. Like the doctors looked inside because it was a C-section and was like, I hope you're not planning on having more kids because it's a mess in here, right? Jaw drop. That's up. Are you up. kidding me? This woman just birthed a baby. Hormones are crazy. Like, oh. we are emotional. And like, you're gonna say that to a human that like, you're a mess in there?
0: That's really mean.
1: Girl, so, like, remember we talked about how you feel pain and like it's from your brain? Like, how much danger is in your brain now? I so heard
2: sorry, I have oh. a friend that has really, really, really bad endometriosis. Mm-hmm. And she went until two years ago without getting diagnosed, which is crazy to me because I'm not a doctor or anything. And I diagnosed her with it within two, ta- two hours of meeting her. Oh, wow. And I was Shit. like, this chick often- has endometriosis. And then I'm like, no, uh, I, there's no way me, a non doctor, would be like, oh, yeah, she has this. And then her doctor never thought of it. But then three months later, she keeled over while we were actually on a FaceTime call and she had to have an emergency. Aww removal of one of her ovaries and her appendix well yeah and her appendix was like it the doctors told her they told her like multiple times she's a huge mess in there and she'll she probably shouldn't ever have kids again and that she might have to have a hysterectomy she since had her other ovary like partially removed oh. so that's And like i don't even know if she wanted more kids but as soon as he said that she like her pain got worse and mm-hmm. her emotional state just like was so much worse
1: hmm and I actually We're like the doctor. That. He's a
2: nice guy and like he probably is a mess but you don't say that
1: no you don't no. say that like when I look at a patient and I see that they have prolapse and they want to know and I'm like well it's just like a little like whatever like no baby I don't want to say like <laughs> if they want specifics and they're asking me I like how can I tell you this in a way that's like, I'm not lying to you, but I'm not like blowing it over the top and I'm not like making you feel like this is-
0: Nothing. A life
1: sentence. It's not a life sentence or that it's nothing, you know? Like there's like, how do you find that middle ground where it's like, this is what it is, but like, we're not gonna blow it into these catastrophizing and like damaging words or damaging words that causes them, the patient to catastrophize about what's like happening. Uh,
0: So basically what I'm hearing is it's mind over matter. And you just have to prepare yourself for all the things that could happen and really just try to go into it with a positive mindset.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's why like, again, like the reading, the positive birth stories and seeing like, oh, that's a possibility versus the possibility of like the movies or whatever just
0: have to be like my body is made for this I'm gonna have an easy birth
1: yeah so that's like the mind part right and then learning the physical part so that you can then merge them together
0: and so so people can do that with you how can they find you can they find you on the gram I'm on the gram um (laughs) you are below the bump below the bump coach I highly recommend following her, even if you just want a good laugh. Because clearly, I'm not pregnant or anything, but she always has really fun videos of like vagina. She has like a talking vagina, and yeah.
1: <laughs> I have. Well, I try to like keep it light and airy because I'm I'm a little goofy, so I try to keep it a little humorous but also educational. And I have like some birth prep information. I have an. A new like mindful perineal massage
0: Ooh. guide
1: that's out for people to kind of teach them how do You because do, have you heard of perineal massage and prep for birth? Have you heard of yeah. That? Is like, it?
0: Oh, it's a, like working on s- the opening of the vagina. Yeah, and like you're supposed well, so, to use like olive oil or like some yeah. You can of oil. use
1: you can or you can do it without something. I kind of go over why you would do it one way or the other, but most like pregnant moms make the mistake of just thinking they're stretching their vagina to make it like this big giant opening. Like, right.
0: No, No. I feel like you're stretching it to let it be like elastic.
1: Yes. But you're also needing to do it mindfully and work on this. Isn't a scary thing. I'm okay. I'm safe. I'm feeling, you know what I'm saying? Like connect the mind with it. So I kind of teach them how to do do that in that with level.
0: your husband I think you like, can do
1: it with the partner baby slather so, me up <laughs> you know where that goes often
0: oh, you know I heard pregnancy so if you're awesome.
1: in yeah what for some people, I heard and then for some people I, it's I not right know. but yeah so I'm on the gram let's get this straight it's below the bum coach and I do have my birth prep program, I think I'll be like launching that in March, but that perineal massage guide is, that's available whenever.
0: Every time we have a guest on, we always do a card pull. So while I shuffle, do you have anything else you feel that is vital for the peeps?
1: If you're pregnant, go see a pelvic floor physical therapist or take my program, just kidding, it doesn't matter, but go, you know, get take yourself a guest, <laughs> take my program. It's amazing. It's everything I wish I had when I uh, was pregnant, but I didn't, cause I didn't know what I didn't know. But nice. at the very least, you know, go see a pelvic floor therapist. If you're anything that I said is like, you're questioning or you're like, not sure about, it's all in my program. Or again, you see a pelvic floor therapist in person. So beneficial and postpartum like that is probably the best gift if somebody's like what can i get you tell them get get you <laughs> you want like a postpartum evaluation with a pelvic floor physical therapist put that on your registry on your list like
0: yes that's fund a great me, idea go
1: fund me like pelvic floor physical therapy
0: postpartum. Girl, when and i get pregnant know- i'm coming so this is interesting i pulled so for the, for the card pull, I'm using Colette Baron reed my girl. I, I love her. She has beautiful decks. This is Oracle of the Se- Seven Energies. And I pulled number 18, The Power of Purpose, mm. which I think I is so her. great That's- for this episode. Right? She's so great. So, great. so this says <clears throat> the key concepts of this card is individuation, seeing your unique place in the world, which we were just talking about, a clear sense of authentic purpose, healthy self-esteem, letting go, conditioning, celebrating your u- uniqueness and you being you. And it says, there comes a time when you realize that you are destined for something that is yours and yours alone. The catalyst might be an experience with a social person or excuse me, a special person. Can't read. A path you choose or something you feel called to do. You'll discover it's not necessarily that or what you thought it would be. It has nothing to do with what everyone else wants or seems to want. An uncanny conviction takes hold from somewhere deep and true. You feel a sense of power arising from a true sense of self accompanied by a need need for action, a commitment to explore something or a purposeful choice. Right now you're invited to step into a new empowered sense of authentic purpose bolstered by a healthy dose of self-esteem you're called to release your old conditioning. There's no need to be self-conscious or act a certain way to please others, which can sometimes take you in a direction you don't want to go. The Discipline and will, and will to evolve are yours by nature. This process doesn't have to be a struggle. You cannot fail if you, are, if you immerse yourself fully in what is in front of you now. You are exactly where you're supposed to be. You never have to seek your purpose or wonder what it is. Just keep removing the blocks to your essential self and your purpose will find you. It's that easy. What a wonderful thing to know. Damn. This is like really key to what we just talked about. That's why I love these cards.
1: You're right where Every you time. need
0: to be. Yeah. And letting go and conditioning mm-hmm. and being present. Mm-hmm.
1: Being present, yep. Yeah. Oh, be
2: above.
1: Love it, that was awesome. Mm-hmm me too I love i'm like nervous pole. i'm
2: like this is the month before my saturn return goes into full swing <laughs> so i'm like
0: uh, my life's it's gonna to be, be different. good no it's good your life is already different think about how much different sure. it is since like when i met you yeah almost a year you so know what that means the
1: saturn return goes into full swing. oh, oh it's maybe. like a
2: um astrological
0: coming of age of sorts Ashley we love you thank you so much for Thanks, joining lady. us today thank you fun. and again yeah. you can follow her on Instagram below the bump coach she's amazing we'll post all the things that you need to know about in the links in for the episode and we'll tag her on our Instagram as well
2: yes and she has a webinar coming out in the beginning ish of March that you guys will have to stay tuned for we'll add the link when it is happening and then we'll
0: post about it as well so you'll all be in the know and yeah, ashley is so fun so anytime that you have to learn something she will make it fun and funny so <laughs> it's going to be good that's right thanks
1: ladies this was awesome thank you everyone listening. thank you Guys, thank you all right you all we will see you again next week
0: thanks for listening